Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm glad you guys made it. And I got just a couple things before I get into the word. And uh, we're going to turn over into Acts. You can turn over to Acts chapter 1. We're going to go look at several passages there in just a little bit. I don't have any words for you on the screen because we were trying to get the stream up and all that stuff. And uh, since some of our staff are out this morning, we, we were trying to uh, uh, do it. And uh, so we didn't get all that in. But anyhow, so Acts uh, 1 is where we're going to start looking this morning. Uh, but a couple things, as uh, I've been, we're uh, coming into this new year and uh, coming into this time of transition as well. And I felt like, I know that Josie had mentioned something to me about uh, doing a, a second Wednesday prayer and fasting. And uh, so we actually are going to make that available to you. And I know uh, many will not want to come to the church. That's fine if, if you want to do that from home. We're going to do it at 7.05 to 8. I say 7.05 because I do my uh, Hope from the Word at 7 o'clock online. And uh, so, but 7.05 to 8 o'clock. And so if you're able to make it, that's fine. Uh, I'll have the connections room open, uh, just the room right over here. We'll just have that open and make it available for you if you would like to come in and pray. Uh, if otherwise, you can stay at home and pray at that same time as well. That would be great. Uh, and so I'll give you that opportunity whichever way. Uh, another thing uh, as well, since we've made this transition from multi-campus, uh, down to, what, two campuses or so, and Chi Alpha and such. Uh, and so, because two campuses, you say, what do you mean? Well, we, it's us, and then our PAC church is the Spanish church, INV, Iglesia Nueva Vida. Uh, and so they may meet in here after us. But uh, what we're going to be doing is, on the, the first Sunday, we're going to take a first Sunday uh, at 6 o'clock, and uh, we're in the evening, not in the morning. <laughs> If you want to come at 6 o'clock in the morning, that's fine. But anyhow, we're, we're going to do it in the evening, and we're going to take that first Sunday, uh, and we're going to meet for prayer. And so we need to make sure that we start, uh, start this year off right. And I'm going to speak to you about prayer in the early church this morning. We will do that first Sunday prayer. We'll actually do it over in the chapel in Building B. Uh, so for that Sunday evening, that'll be in the chapel, Building B, but on Wednesday for prayer and fasting, which is going to be a second Wednesday uh, prayer time, and that's going to be in, in here in the uh, connections room, right? Uh, but we won't do uh, we won't do it uh, we won't do that one over there because of the youth meeting on Wednesdays as well. So okay, just to kind of update you and let you know some of the things that we need to uh, continue pressing forward against because we know. Uh, that the Lord is with us, and we need to stay connected to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's look this morning, you know, uh, into prayer in the early church. You know, we're living in a unique world with a lot of challenges that require us to connect to the Lord uh, more than ever and in a fresh way. And if we're going to make this a powerful connection, uh, we need to understand the uniqueness of the early church, because the early church was unique. Well, there were some things about that that we don't see always, but uh, we must see that the church was, has always been in prayer. Uh, and there was a time that one of the early church leaders was put into a horrible situation, and uh, the followers of Jesus, were, were, they were worried. 
uh, because they thought that they would be executed. And that was Peter, but we realized before that one of the other church leaders was executed uh, because of their faith. And over in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says this. It says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and to God for him. So in other words, those guys hung out in prayer, and they were seeking God in behalf of Peter, and that God would intervene in the situation that they were in in that time. And so they weren't going to stand back and do nothing. And we must be the kind of people that realize that we have a spiritual responsibility, not just for me as a pastor, but for us as followers of Jesus to pray for one another and to seek God in the time that we're in. So they didn't just stand around and do nothing, but they stood up to pray, so to speak, and they did what they knew that Christ would have them to do, uh, they didn't make, uh, take matters into their own hands. That's not what they did at all. But the early church really trusted God. And for us as followers of Jesus today, we must be willing to trust Him in the situations we're in. Uh, one time there was a visitor going through and uh, doing a, a tour through the facility of a, of a large church. And uh, the guy that was uh, showing them around said, hey, what we're going to do is now we're going to show you the, the, the power room. And so they thought, well, okay, we're going to go in and see maybe where the boiler is at or maybe where the, the, you know, the air conditioning and all that kind of stuff is at. And so they go, they follow him, and then they get into this place, which was like assembly room, like a chapel or something like that. They was confused. What do you mean this is the power room? Well, it comes down to the fact that they realize that there were people praying there, and they were seeking God, and they were spending that time in relationship with Him that, so that something would take place in their world. And, uh, and uh, we have to understand, the tour guide said this, he says, this is the room where the power behind the program of this church is generated. It's having the relationship with the Lord. See, we can do all kinds of things. We can come in and we can, we can set up and have a church program. We can do this or we can do that. But if we're missing out on that relationship component, if we're missing out on that interaction with our Heavenly Father, then we're missing out on the chief uh, part of why we do what we do. Because we need to know Him. And we need to be able to engage Him and walk with Him in this time that we are living one of the greatest weaknesses in the life of the contemporary church is the neglect for prayer. Uh, we have to be a people that are praying and seeking God. And uh, if, either of the co uh, if either the collective church or the, each individual follower of Jesus are missing out on that prayer, we're going to miss out on impact in the world that we live in. And we need to be able to have impact in the day that we live in. In fact, um, it could be why the church in general at some times has been considered uh, to, be, uh, to be ineffective uh, because of their lack of connection with the one who is giving us the strength. And maybe that's why we have lost some of our, our social uh, power, some of our moral power, uh, and those kind of things as a body in the, when you look at the overall church in the world. We should step back and say, Lord, what are we doing? Lord, what would you have us to do? As followers of Jesus, we need to be engaged with him and allow him to work through our lives. 
You know, Jesus started out in some sense simply, and he taught the Lord's Prayer. You can look that, look at that in the, in the Gospels and see, and really that, the Lord's Prayer, yeah, it's a powerful prayer, but really it's a, it's a, uh, really it's a structure for us to be able to engage our Heavenly Father. It is not the only way, but it is a model that Jesus used, and uh, that was that basic framework that Jesus gave for us. And then you need to learn from the prayers of the early church and how they lived out their faith and how they engaged the Lord in their time. And we see that here in the book of Acts. And we're going to be begin by prayer in the upper room. That's where we're going to start this morning, prayer in the upper room. We see it there in Acts, and you can go through yourself and, and see what is written there by, by the Luke, the physician, as he records what took place but we see that they responded to the Lord's command to wait by praying. Uh, and you see that the apostles were hanging out in the place where they were staying there in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And there in verse 14, it says, they, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Simply, they, they obeyed the Lord, and, and we see that this was a time where the, the disciples or the, the soon-to-be apostles were there, they were hanging out, and these others were with them, and they were all seeking God. They were praying, and could you imagine what it was like for them? At this day and time, Jesus has, he's died on the cross, he has been buried, and then he has been resurrected. And he says, guys, you need to hang out here in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere yet until you receive the Holy Spirit. You need to hang out here because I have something for you that you need. And so they were really giving God an opportunity to work in their lives. And it's important for us in the time that we live that we still give God that same opportunity to work in each and every one of us. And so they asked God to rule their actions so that the will of God might be done. And when they were, they were making a choice on leadership at this point, you see it in Acts 1. And, and look at what their prayer is there in Acts 1 verse 24. You see it there, it says, in the first part of that says, Lord, you know everyone's heart. And then, then they basically said, Lord, you made the choice. You make the choice. When they were going through the process to, to, to obtain a new uh, uh, apostle, a new disciple, they wanted God's will. They wanted his desire. Do you want God's will to the point of giving up your own? That's a tough one, isn't it? It's easy for us as followers of Jesus to say, yes, I want God's will. But to say, I want God's will, and then to be able to be willing to say, yeah, yeah I will set my will aside. That's a tough thing. But we need to be the type of people that we recognize that as followers of Jesus, he has called us unto himself, and we are his and so because of that, we need to give our wills to him, and then we need, to, and we need to ask him what his will is in our lives, in our situation. And he is willing to give us what we need if we'll look to him in faith. Now, now we can see that the disciples were praying. They were asking God for direction, and then we find their prayer on the day of Pentecost. 
And I know I'm kind of doing a, a survey over this, kind of just uh, touching the top of these things, but just kind of give us an understanding. This is what the early church was like. The, the, it, was, it was serious. Uh, it was a heart-searching prayer that prepared the hearts of the early disciples for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it happened on the day of Pentecost. You see it in Acts chapter 2 and, and, and verse 1. And when, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They spent time together. Now, I know sometimes right now in the situation we are, some feel like they have to stay home. And, and I'm not going to put a guilt trip on anybody over that. We understand that. But you understand also that these guys were spending time in prayer. And we, we could say that, hey, let's spend time in prayer also on the, on, the, on the net, as we have to do now on the web, whatever you want to call that thing out there that's floating around with wires and all that. But they, they, we find them on the day of Pentecost together, hanging out and seeking God. And there's no question that today many churches are not used to the supernatural power that the Holy Spirit makes available to those who genuinely pray. And for us as followers of Jesus, I don't even think that we are to the place where we need to be. I think we need to move closer, continue to move closer to Him and give Him opportunity to work in our lives. Why? Because He loves us and He cares for each and every one of us. But uh, frankly, friends, it's more than just about you and it's more than just about me. It is also about others who have yet to put their faith and their trust in Christ. And we as followers of Jesus must recognize that He wants to work in our lives as individuals. And Jesus even had to help people comprehend what the Father wanted to do in, in others' lives. And it can be disappointing to work in the energy of the flesh when we could be working in the vitality of the Spirit of God who is available and who lives in each believer. We need His strength and we need His power. And we need Him working in our lives today through the times that we're in. And these believers, they prayed before and prepared for Pentecost, but it doesn't stop there. Their prayer continued. You look, you can't miss them uh, throughout the, the New Testament praying. It was, it was a normal thing. That's what they did. These believers prayed before and, and prepared for Pentecost, but uh, you can see it was a regular habit of the disciples. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Look at that one real fast. You see it right there. Uh, there's some other things that he says in that passage as well that are great. But it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to, and to, the, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All those things were an important part uh, for the body of Christ. They hung out together. Yeah, we can't hang out the same way, but we're, we may be a limited way, but we are hanging out some, what we can. And, and, and they, they took that time and they, they prayed. They sought the Lord. They, they, wanted they, they wanted the Lord working in their lives. And for them, prayer was not an opportunity to say, give me, give me. And Jody, I think Jody must have read my sermon. I don't know what she did. Uh, but... Uh, 
But the fact is, it's not about, we don't just simply go to the Lord and say, give me this, God, give me that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We should be able to do that. We can allow our prayer and supplication go up before him. In other words, we can pray and we can ask him for our needs. And even Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, you know, to give us our daily bread, right? And, and so we can understand that those are okay, but it shouldn't be an end to our prayers, it has to be that form of communion. I, now, I don't mean the formal uh, juice and the, and, and, and the bread. I don't simply mean that, but that communion, that relationship, that interaction, that connection that we have with our Heavenly Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, as we look to Him and as we allow Him to work in our lives, we need that type of communion in our walk as we follow Jesus. We need to be able to make our prayer as simple, simply more than just a time of request. Requests are important, but it's not only that. And there, there was not, there's nothing wrong with asking God, as I said. There's just nothing wrong with asking Him to work in our lives or to meet a need. But there is a place of maturity that every believer gains uh, as when they desire when they desire to know the Lord stronger in their time of prayer. We can really look at this in comparison of an adult and a child. Uh, when, a, when a mature person speaks to someone, they, they will usually say, how can I help you, right? Uh, they, they can say, how can I help you? But then if you have a, a small child, and, and what are they going to say? Will you help me? Right? That's just, it's just the norm, right? Uh, as an adult, you say, how can I help you? But as a small child, it's just the opposite of that. There's nothing wrong with it at that stage in life. And there's nothing wrong with it as we, as we go on in our life. But we have to be able to switch over and switch gears and say, how can I help you? Lord, what would you like? And when we talk to the Lord in prayer, we realize that we can ask for His help, but we need to be able to get to the place that Isaiah did. And Isaiah said this when he was before the throne of God over in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, uh, he said these words, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. For us as followers of Jesus, we need to be able to say to the Lord, Lord, how can I help you? And you know, the Lord has given us a great opportunity to be able to, to serve in our community here recently as that door is open for us to be able to hand out food. And many of you were there. There were many that came and helped and assisted with that. Some uh, assisted with the handout here. Others uh, assisted by taking boxes to people who were in need or needed some assistance with that. And that's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to help people. And so sometimes we have to be able to step out of God, help me, to God, how can I help? How can I serve you? What can I do for you? And sometimes it goes even beyond that as well, and just using our, just our everyday hands to do that. But it may be sharing a word of encouragement and hope to somebody else who is in need of faith and hope in Christ. So the question is, is are you willing to change your prayer? Are you willing to allow God to change uh, your heart and change the way you pray? The third thing here is that they had a time for prayer, which is a great thing, is they, you see it there in the New Testament. It's a lot of times we think of uh, formalities 
especially in, uh, in charismatic and Pentecostal type churches, we think of formalities and maybe the high church, and they, they do things in a more formal way. And so uh, we're thinking, well, that isn't as, that isn't as neat. And, and the, the early church wasn't that way, we think, and, but we're incorrect. Because the early church was both. The, the early church had some very had some formalities to them, and the early church also had some uh, uh, were very uh, 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 impromptu or just uh, you know they were just on just at the drop of a hat they felt like they needed to do something. And so we see both sides of the early church. You, you don't notice it unless you start reading in the in the gospels and in and in the uh, in the book of Acts and such. You will see it where they. Did some things there. They had a time of prayer. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 1 with me there. Luke records this important sentence. He says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So they were still going up to the temple. They were still praying there on a regular basis. And it sounds uh, pretty simple as it is, but we need to be able to remember that they had set times for going to the temple for prayer. So they were doing this, and they were in Jeru- while, while they were in Jerusalem at this point, they still had the temple at this point, what, until about 70 A.D. when Titus came in and leveled the thing and, uh, and or overtook Jerusalem and such. But we, So we realized that they still had that, and they took that time to engage the Lord in prayer. And uh, so they, they used to do it. The early church took time. They set, it apart, that set that time aside to get to know God. And the church of today is desperately in need of, of, of uh, taking regular times when the body comes together to give themselves to God in prayer. And, and prayer really is essential for the local church. It's essential for us. Now, it is important for us each as individuals to have that time of individual prayer, but it's also important for us as a body. And yes, I understand as we prayed together this morning in a regular service, that's what we did. We, we prayed a couple times, on, and, and that's part of it, right? That's part of, it's part of worship. It's in part of engaging the Lord. But, but our prayer needs to go beyond that. It needs to be much more than just simply that time when we're together in here worshiping the Lord as a corporate body. We need to take those times to do it, but then we need to be able to devote our times for separate corporate times of prayer, and that's all it is, where we engage our Lord. Because we need His help. We need His direction. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. This building doesn't matter. This is just a building that we meet in, but we are the church, the body of Christ, and we need to get to know the head. Who's the head? It's not me. I may be a senior pastor, but I'm not the head. It's Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, not only of this local church, but every local church that calls him Lord and that accepts him as Lord. So the church of today, we, we need him. It's, it's one reason we meet is, is just here in worship, but, but we also need to have these other times for prayer. And with the, with the recent transitions that we've made, we'll, we'll be looking at forming these key times to seek God as a body, as I spoke about, so that we can continue moving forward because it's not just about uh, the board moving administrative things forward and not just about the pastoral staff doing uh, some other things spiritually to move us forward, but it's about the body moving forward as we follow Jesus, the head of the church, the body. We need his direction. We need his guidance. And I'm thankful that he is able and willing to meet us 
at that place. The individual as well needs to seek that time of prayer and as as followers of Jesus. uh, And we have to make sure that we have times when we appear before his throne of grace. We have to realize that uh, we have to realize that we must not recognize or we must not uh, ignore our relationship with him as followers of Jesus. We need to make sure that we stay connected with him and we can do it so simple. There's times that even driving down the road, I'm praying in my vehicle as I'm coming to the office. I got my eyes open, don't worry. (laughs) For you guys, if you see me on the road, and if you see me praying on the road, don't worry, my eyes are open. If not, it's just I blinked. That's all it was, okay? (laughs) Just make sure you know. But, But spending time with God, it's kind of like spending time with your family. Everybody must have some kind of family time that you take Aside and yeah, with all the things that we've had in this last 9, 10, 11 months, whatever it is, uh, it's been more challenging than ever. We haven't been able to do the things the way we want to do them always. But, uh, and life's activities can actually bog us down, but then we have to be able to step back and, and say, uh, you know what, got to take this time with the family, right? Not always easy, but we have to be able to do that. And uh, sometimes uh, it's, uh, we, we have to work at what, we used to, what used to be natural with us. Wouldn't you say now we're having to work even to come to church? My goodness. You know, and there's, and there's even there's, there's places where people have had to work for years to come to the church and where they have to walk for miles and all those kind of things. That, and I'm grateful I don't have to walk to my, for miles unless my vehicle broke down. And, and, and but you know that that's the way it is, and and for us it's a little bit harder. What become what became so natural for us has been a challenge. Some don't like the phone, but we can use the phone. Probably the phone is probably the easiest thing that we can use nowadays. And the body needs to be calling one another. We need to be able to stay connected with one another. Not easy. Right now for us is transition as a, as a pastor with all the administrative things we're going through, just going to be real plain with you. It's very hard. And some of you out there have been calling and helping, and I appreciate that. So we haven't been doing it like as much as we, we can as staff. It's been challenging, and I appreciate you that are calling and checking with people. If not, if you haven't received a call, maybe you should turn around and give a call. Serious. Really serious. And for you that are online, it's the same thing as well. Don't say, nobody called me. Well, maybe you need to call someone. <laughs> uh, that's, and that's the, way it, that's the way it gets going because we recognize that each of, and every one of us needs relationships, friendships, and to connect with our Lord as well. So all of those things are important as followers of Jesus. Uh, and we ha- sometimes, you know, we, we may not like the phone because we, we want to see the other person, Right? And then we, we change over. Maybe you use Zoom or you use Skype or something like that, or maybe it's on through Facebook, I don't know, or all the other things out there, platforms, and maybe you use one of those, and it's like, well, I, I don't like that either. I can see their face and I can hear them, but, but I can't put my hand on their shoulder. I know. And so those things are challenging for us, but we have to find ways to be able to interact with one another. And we have to find a way to interact with our God. Because if we miss that one, we've missed the most important thing in our lives. We need to be able to follow Him and interact with Him. 
And I wonder if at times, because of the situation we're in, many may feel disconnected at times with the Lord because maybe they haven't been able to connect with others like they used to. It's important that we connect with one another, but we also connect with the Lord. People haven't gotten themselves used to the way we have to talk with God even sometimes. We don't get to use Skype to see or get to use Zoom where there's a picture we could see. We walk by faith and not by sight. We must walk by faith. But we have to set a time, that time to spend with Him, and we must guard this time so our relationship with Christ is not neglected. And we find something else that affected the early church's prayer life. They prayed in the time of tragedy. They did it. They went through a lot of things. And right now, maybe it's a little bit more similar than what it used to be. Uh, but the early church found itself facing what appeared to be unbelievable difficulties. Their problem was not in inadequate uh, finances or untrained leadership, but their difficulty uh, was the, the opposition, the hateful opposition uh, to, of both the religious and the political enterprises of the day that they lived in. They faced a lot of different things. And these earlier, early followers of Jesus were treated as if they were rebellious and they, uh, they were commanded to quit doing things associated with witnessing about Jesus Christ. And, and in the situation we're going to look at here in Acts chapter 4, uh, uh, we see that uh, here Peter and John, they, they, they're up at the, uh, going up for that time of prayer and they're going to seek the Lord and then... Uh, the, somebody comes along and says, hey, I need, I need some help. Could you give me some money? The guy's lame. And, he's, uh, and the Lord healed him through their ministry and, uh, uh, and restored that guy. And then the establishment got upset about it. The, uh, you look at what it says in Acts chapter 4. The, it's the liberal uh, Sadducees. And then you have the conservative Pharisees who caused just as much problem. You see it on both sides. And in chapter 4, verse 1, it says the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because of the apostle, because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Now, Sadducees didn't believe that. They were pretty liberal in their faith, and so they didn't accept the resurrection. Uh, but, of course, uh, the Pharisees did. And, uh, and so, verse 3 says, They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Here is my question. We know the events that's happened around us, and some of those events just simply are not right. How did these, uh, how did these believers respond? Step back and see how did the church, the early church, respond in that time? Did they throw tear gas to the establishment? No, they didn't do that. Uh, did they even protest? No, they didn't even do that. We're looking at the church. What did the early church do? We can learn from them. They, re they reacted to this opposition by prayer in Acts chapter 4, verse 24. And it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And they said, Sovereign Lord, 
You, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And you can go on and read the rest of that prayer and the significance of it. But had they not prayed in this time of tragedy, they would have not, they would have not had the courage, the wisdom, and the power to do what they were able to do. And look, the, the church exploded. It grew. It grew. And, and look, we're here today because they were willing to pray. We need to be the kind of people who are willing to seek the face of God as well. Influence is important, but prayer is significant. My question is, is, are you going to limit your power to simply social influence, or are you going to be willing to pray? There is nothing wrong with social influence. It's, it is important. But a prayer as a follower of Jesus puts us at another level, puts us on another plane, because we are willing and able to say, you know what, God, you are the one is in control, and we're going to trust you no matter what. How else do you think the early church made it? That's how they made it, because they were willing to seek the face of God, and they were willing to interact with Him, and then they were willing to care for one another. There were, five, there were, there were several ways that they prayed as well, and we know that this was the case, is that when they prayed, they prayed with passion. We should be the type of people that pray with passion. They, they engaged in united prayer. And if you want to note these down, you can note them. I've got four of these out here at Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They were united in prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they were united. Acts 6, verse 6, they were united. Acts 12, verse 5, they were united. And we can see in several places here that the, that the early followers of Jesus prayed with unity. By so doing, they encourage the faith and devotion of each other. There's power and joy that, that comes through united prayer that you cannot find in private prayer. There's importance there. Now, we need to be able to have that private individual prayer. Take that time with the Lord on our own. But we also need to be able to pray as a body in unity asking God to work in our, our community, in our nation, in our church, and among our neighbors, our friends. And, and we, we have to be able to pray in that fashion. And I know that some aren't able to be here in person, and we get that, but there will come a time when you will be able to be here in person again. And when this, all this stuff dies out and you feel comfortable, and many of you are here, we thank God that many of you are here. But, but we understand that there's going to be a time when we are going to get back together and we are in a, in a more uh, regular way. And we have to be able to say, okay, God, here we are. Let's get rolling, Lord. What is it that you want to do? But before we do that, that's why we have to make sure that we are spending those times in prayer and say, okay, God, what is our next step? And honestly, we have to be praying even now, Lord, what is your next step? Because as followers of Jesus, He has a plan for our lives, and He has a plan for the community around us. And I believe that He is going to work through us as we yield ourselves to Him. What they engaged in united prayer. Then they, then they prayed in private as well. Acts chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Now, uh, we're not typically going to get the ladder out and stand up on our roofs to pray. If you try to do that at my house, you're probably going to slip off unless you're wearing the right 
equipment to get up there. And maybe some places you have a flat roof. But here we see Peter, he gets up on the roof, and that was their way in the, in the Mediterranean world. They had flat roofs. Even in some places in Africa, we have that as well. And they'd get up there. That was kind of like your living room, right? And, uh, and so they got up there uh, in this situation. They pray. He, the cool thing about Peter, he wasn't even at his own house, was he? He was at somebody else's house, and he climbed up, and he went uh, on the roof and went to, to pray at their house. So just kind of goes to show you, you can go and pray at somebody else's house, too. I'll let you figure that one out. That shouldn't be too hard, right? And maybe step in another room and pray and seek the face of God. But they, they prayed in private as well. Paul, Paul even did that in a ship in a storm over in Acts chapter 27. The, the ship is probably going to be, it's going to be wrecked. And uh, here's all these people here. He's on, the, on board with all these uh, uh, cr- prisoners. And so here he is. And he is there in the middle of the storm and he's praying, talking to the Lord. Really, there's, there's no limit of where we can pray and seek the face of God. We have to be able to shut out the things that distract us and interfere so that we can both speak and hear, because real prayer is in that interaction with us and God. It's not a one-way street. It's a, it's a two-way street. It's not simply a, uh, we're not simply just talking to God and, and He's not responding back to us. He responds through His Word in that still small voice as we open our hearts up to Him. Also, the early church, they engaged in public prayer as well. We see it in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. You, you really see uh, uh, Paul and Silas, they, they've been arrested because of what they were doing, and which was, which was good, and they were trying to help somebody. And, and so they were arrested. They are stuck in jail there. And what do they do? But they start praying and praising God in the jail, and they did it evidently audibly, and others all heard them. And, and there they were doing that in a public sense. They, they were willing to do that, and then God heard them, and he set them free. And then something else great happened out of that. Because they were willing to step out and be an example in their faith, you had the jailer that said, what must I do to be saved there in Acts 16.30? Unified corporate prayer can be very powerful as we open our hearts to God. And one of the biggest things that bothers me as a pastor is when we, we pray for people and others just sit back or stand or watch or don't, or don't participate. For us as followers of Jesus, we want to participate. We want to take that time to interact. And if somebody's being prayed for, pray for them yourself. Put your hand out, or you can even pray quietly at your seat or wherever you're at, or maybe if we're at the fellowship hall, or maybe we're out in public, we can, we can be open to allow God to work in the lives of others, and we want to be a part of what God is doing. Amen? We want to be a part of what He's doing. If we're going to expand our spiritual borders, if we're going to expand our spiritual influence as the Lord is calling us to, we must be united in our prayer front, seeking the Lord. So what, what were the results? What were the results? What, what are some of the f- fruit that came out of the early church's passionate prayer? There's several things. So what, the, the first one was this. It was great boldness. We find that in Acts 4.31. Uh, it was a great boldness that came out there, and, and many contemporary followers of Jesus are hesitant to show any outward faith in the community. And really, it deprives non-believers of the help that they need, namely faith in the Lord. 
No wonder at times people wonder, is the church even relevant? It is relevant. We just have to be willing to live out our faith. The second thing was this, second real fruit was this, they had great unity. We see it in four, uh, chapter 4, verse 32 of Acts. And then you, then you have the third thing was great power, a substantial amount of power that God provided in Acts 4.33. The early disciples didn't have political power or economic power or social power, but they did have spiritual power. They did gain some of those other things as well as they came along the road, sure but they always recognize where their strength comes from. It comes from the Lord, and it's the same today. Then we also see that they had a lot of grace. God was providing grace, a grace in their lives. They were gracious even towards their enemies whose politics didn't match their own. It's tough to say that in the world that we are in right now specifically, but they did. Jesus taught them to love their enemies. He, he even taught them to go the extra mile, right? For us as followers of Jesus, for us when we're so bound into our rights and what we receive and, uh, and should receive, it's hard for us at times. It's hard, isn't it? But we also understand on the other side of that, as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to love those who don't see things the same way that we see them. By the grace of God. The next thing is they were generous. They were generous, and I, I'm glad we live in a generous uh, church. We have a generous church where our body has been over the years and continually. But we see in the, in the New Testament that they, they tried to care for others in need, and they weren't always perfect. But early on, they had some squabbles in Acts 6. You can see it there for your own self as you go back there and read Acts 6. They had some squabbles about how food was handed out, but they had an unparalleled attitude of generosity in the early church, and they shared with each other. Would you stand with me this morning? My hope this morning is that we continue to open our hearts and our lives up to the Lord, that we allow our prayers to be corporate, that we allow our prayers to be individual, that we take those times, those set times, to set those times so that we can lift up his name and talk to him. Then we also allow him to speak back to our hearts. He is good, and he wants to work in each of our lives. And we need to make sure that we give him everything we have, including our own will. Not always the most comfortable thing, is it? That's not always the comfortable but we know that He is willing to work in our lives as we yield ourselves to Him. Let me pray with you this morning. Uh, we'll be down here if you need prayer specifically. We ask that you wear your mask. We'll be wearing ours as we come down if you need particular prayer. And then we'll worship as Pastor Michael leads us in music afterwards. But as you worship, also be in prayer for those who have needs. Let's go to the Lord this morning. Father, we're in need of you more than anything else in our lives. We realize, Father God, that we would have nothing if it wasn't for you. 
And Father, we are truly grateful because you prove your faithfulness. You have shown it in the Old Testament even, but you have shown it in the New, under the New Covenant. We, we see it in the early church. As people sought your face, you met them. And Father God, help us as we open our hearts up to you that you may work in us and help us to follow you in a way like we've never followed you before. Father God, may your transforming power work not only in our lives as individuals, but may your transforming power work through our lives, Lord. May you work through us as a body. May you work through us as individuals that we may see your glory come to pass in the lives of others who are hurting and broken. And they don't know their left hand from their right hand. Or maybe they don't have the provision they need, Father God. Or maybe they need a touch from your hand, a, bring, a healing from your hand. Father, we ask you, to meet us here in this place. And Father God, may you take our lives and glorify your name through us. May we not be so focused on our own agendas that we miss your agenda, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.